God adores us. God watches over us. And God is for us. But do you believe it, saints? Do you believe it? If you have your Bible, please open it to Genesis chapter 1. We will be looking at verses 26 through 31. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. Let us make man in our image after our likeness, says God. So he creates man in his own image. In the image of God, he creates him. Male male and female, he creates them. He creates them to be the representational image of God on earth. And, And this image isn't in bits and pieces of a person. The whole person is fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And that includes a person's gender and ethnicity. Because of the Imago Dei, every person on the face of the earth is equal in value, dignity, and self-worth. Again, do you believe it? Dr. King, Dr. Martin Luther King says, there is no gradations in the image of God. Every man from a tremble white to a, a base black is significant on God's keyboard precisely because every man is made in the image of God. And the image is good, not bad. A benefit, not a hindrance. A crown, not a thorn. God-centered, not man-centered. A blessing and not a curse. But do y'all believe it? I hope so. The Imago Dei is a blessing. It's a blessing with implications. And these implications all come from God, your God, Yahweh Elohim. And this morning, we're going to begin considering what some of those blessings are. And before we do... Read along with me in Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. And the Lord said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them, and he blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over every living thing that moves on earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with its seed and its fruit, and you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the field, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning. The sixth day. Please pray with and for me. Spirit, as we come... Um, to this part of our service, we continue to need you to move in our hearts, to move in our minds, that you will minister to us, that you will minister to our souls, minister to our broken places. Lord, we, we're not self-existing people. Lord, we are dependent upon things outside of ourselves for existence. 
So, Spirit, minister to us. We need you. You live inside of us. All of those of us who have faith in Jesus, you live inside of us supernaturally. And so we're never navigating this life alone. We're never navigating this life as orphans. For we have the third person within the Godhead living within us. So minister to the people of God today for our good and for his glory. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Kids and youth, I have a question for you. Do you know what the word anthropology means? No? It's a branch of science that studies humankind. It studies humankind. It, it studies like, like the origin of humanity. It attempts to answer questions like, where do we come from? As people, what's the story of us? And there are two major origin stories about humanity. And each story requires a person to have faith in that story because no human being was there at the beginning of time. So a person has to decide which origin story is true. And you kids as well, you have to decide which story of humanity would you believe to be true because both are not true. One is right, one other is wrong. The first story is the, is the theory of evolution. And this theory is taught in many public schools and colleges around America as the origin story of humanity. Dictionary.com says evolution is a natural process by which different kinds of living organisms are thought to have developed and diversified from earlier forms during the history of the earth. And for humanity, do you know what that means? It means we evolve from apes, according to this theory. We evolve from one kind of species into a new kind. So kids and youth, do you believe in the theory of evolution? Do you have enough faith to believe in this origin story? Please hear this clearly. Evolution's theory about humanity isn't true. The, the second origin story is the true story, and that is creationism. We say, well, what does that mean, Pastor Alex? Well, it's a theory based upon divine revelation and the divine acts of your God. But the universe and all living organisms originate from him by the word of his power. That means humanity did not evolve from apes. They are created creatures, created by triune God to be the representational image of God on earth. These are amen statements, saints, unless you think you evolved from an ape. We are created by a triune God, a Trinitarian God, to be the representational image of God on earth. You see, he creates the first man of dust from the ground. He creates the first woman of a rib from that man. And I know those words sound fishy, if you're honest about it, but they're true. The first man and woman are created creatures. They don't evolve from another type of creature. And both are equally created in the image of God. Both of them are equal in value and self-worth and dignity. Genesis 1.27. So God creates man in his own image. In the image of God, he creates him. In the image of God, he creates male and female. And God blesses them. That's what happens next. What does God do after he creates the first man and woman on the sixth day? Does he send them on a happy way? 
Does he send them to live independently of him? No. He blesses them. He pronounces a blessing over them like a good father pronounces a blessing over his kids. So God creates man in his own image. In the image of God, he creates him. Male and female, he creates them, and he blesses them. And both are equally blessed by their creator. TVC Saints, the Imago Day is a blessing. None of the other creatures are created in the image of God but us. And one of the blessings of the Imago Day is what I call wholeness. Wholeness is a blessing of the image of God. Of, of the image of God. You see, the first man and the first woman, they aren't created as empty shells, lifeless, motionless mannequins to put on display. He didn't create Adam and Eve just to decorate creation. That's what the trees are for. Nor are they created to be mindless and emotionless robots that God programs to behave mechanically. So they're not mannequins and they're not robots. Your first parents, Adam and Eve, they're not puppets. And God is not a puppeteer. He's a creator who creates our first parents and gives both of them life. Genesis 2, 7 says, God breathes into Adam's nostrils the breath of life and he becomes a living creature. Adam and Eve. Become living creatures with a soul, with a conscience, with a will, and even emotions. That's a blessing. That's a, that's holiness. That's an amen statement. Remember the, the, the catechism question that, that we just read. Question 17 from the Lord's Catechism. How did God create man? After God made all the other creatures, he creates man, male and female. From the body, forms the body of the man from dust and the woman's body from the rib of man and endues them with a living, reasonable, immortal souls and makes them out of his own image and knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. That's us. God creates Adam and Eve as whole people, complete, without blemish, without shame. Think about that. Don't, don't gloss over that statement. God creates Adam whole. He's a whole man. He creates Eve whole, a whole woman. They, they aren't created as partial, divided people, saints. One blogger writes, God made Adam and Eve as complete and whole beings. And each part of them were intricately woven together in marvelous ways. They were a masterpiece. All image bearers, regardless of race, gender, nationality, and age, are created whole by God. And that includes all y'all. You are a whole person, a whole male, a whole female. And this wholeness is a blessing of the Imago Day. But what is this wholeness? That's a good question. The author of the book, Human Wholeness, writes, imagine a rope braided out of seven strands of twine, forming a circle so that even the ends of the ropes are woven together. That is an image of human wholeness. 
You see, the author of this book proposes seven aspects of human wholeness. And like this rope, these seven aspects are woven together within humanity. And these seven aspects are intellectual, psychological, emotional, physical, sexual, and spiritual, and aesthetic. All of them are woven together in the image bearers of God. And guess what? These aspects don't come from you. That's an amen statement. Because we're not self-existing. We didn't create ourselves. And that means people cannot make themselves whole. Did you know that? You can read all the self-help books you want. You cannot make yourself whole. Because you did not create yourself. Wholeness comes from your creator. It's a blessing for being created in his image. He created you with these seven aspects of wholeness because you are the Imago Dei. Look with me in Genesis 22. Sorry, Genesis 2, verse 22. So if you have your Bible, turn with me there. Genesis 2, verse 22. I think it's about time for me to get a large print Bible. Man. All right, here we go. In the rib the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. I want you all to notice something. Pay attention to this. God brings Eve to Adam as a whole person. She doesn't become whole once she unites with him in marriage. Wrap your minds around that truth. He gives her to Adam as a whole woman, as a whole female. And and she already has these seven aspects of human wholeness. And the same is true for Adam. He's already a whole man before he marries Eve. He doesn't become whole once he marries her. The seven aspects of human wholeness are in perfect harmony within Adam and Eve at creation when God made them you need to know that you need to rest in that I know some of you are thinking to yourself well if that's true then I mean, why does God say Adam is not good for Adam to be alone if that's true then, then why does Adam say this this at last is my bones and my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man if it's true, then why does Moses say, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh? Those verses have nothing to do about human wholeness. They're dealing with humanity's need for connection with other people. Something that we would deal with later because relational connection with other image bearers is a blessing of the Imago day. But right now we're talking about wholeness. God doesn't bring Eve to Adam to replace him in Adam's life. Why would he do that? Why would he bring Eve to Adam and say, Adam, he's your new God? Why he, she's not God's replacement in his life. And he's not God's replacement in her life. Their relationship with God comes before their relationship with each other. Please know that. Adam and Eve aren't created to be the center of each other's wholeness. Image bearers can't do that. 
Another person is not created to give you what only God can give you. Another person cannot make you whole. Another person cannot make you significant. Another person cannot give you that security that comes from the one who created you. Because you're going to be utterly disappointed if you're looking for wholeness from another person. Because they can't give that to you. That is not their place. So what's the implication of this for us? If you're single, that doesn't mean you're half of a human being. It doesn't mean you're half of a woman. You're half of a man. It doesn't mean you're less than. Marriage is beautiful, but marriage doesn't make you whole. Wholeness is a blessing of the Imago Day. It comes from God. It comes from him. But do you believe it? Our first parents are created by God with these seven aspects of human wholeness in full beauty, without brokenness, without shame. But you, we're created with those same aspects. But there's a difference for us. The seven aspects of human wholeness are are beautifully broken in us. Because of the fall. Now listen to what I said. I got this from Amanda. Beautifully broken in us. Because of the fall. Because of Genesis 3. This is true for the Christian and non-Christian. And at the same time. You're still a whole person. Even though wholeness is beautifully broken in you. Please know that. You're not a fraction of a human being. Even though you may feel like it. Even though other people may say otherwise. Even though life happens, you're not just a sexual being. You're not just your gender. You're not just intellectual, not just your ethnicity. You're not just emotional. You're not just spiritual. You're not just your nationality. You're not just physical. You're all of those things at the same time because God created you whole. Your beautiful, broken wholeness isn't a curse. It's still a blessing in the Imago Day. You're still the representational image of God on earth. But do you believe that? In order to see your broken wholeness as beautiful, you need Jesus. Thank you. I say it again. In order to see your broken wholeness as beautiful, you need a savior. You need Jesus. And if you know Jesus in faith and you still can't see it, then you need to come to him. You need to ask him to help you. Ask the spirit. Listen, I don't pray for the spirit's movement because each time, each Sunday before I pray because it's something that I just do. I pray because I believe it. So if you can't see the beautifulness in who you are, then you need to pray to God to give you the eyes to see it. If you are a Christian and if you don't know Jesus, then you got to come to him. Saying You got to come to him. You got to know him for yourself because he's he's all God's only solution from your brokenness. That is Jesus. Every other place you run to is never going to do that for you because you cannot run to creation to get from you to get what only God can give you. Trees can't give it to you. Books can't give it to you. Your job can't give it to you. Money cannot give it to you. Animals cannot give it to you. Jesus gives it to you. So if you don't know him, he welcomes you to come and to receive him as Lord 
and Savior. Look at this table. Do you know what this table represents? It is a reminder that all image bearers are broken because of one man's disobedience. And it's also a reminder that all image bearers can be healed because of one man's obedience. Think about that. Because of one man's disobedience, we're broken. And because of one man's obedience, we can be made healed. Listen to what the Message Bible says of Romans 5, verses 18 and 19. It says, here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did it wrong and got all of us in trouble with sin and death, another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no to God and put many people in the wrong. One man says yes to God and puts many in the right. Ooh, I love that. I love the message Bible. So this table, this meal is a reminder that if you are a believer, if you have faith in Jesus, you are right. You are in right standing. And that standing will never, ever change. It's permanent. can never be taken away. So you can come and receive this meal with confidence in who Jesus is for you. Friends and neighbors, if you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here in this service. And if you have questions about what it means to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, please come talk to me. Talk to one of the elders, and I will sit down with you, and I will share the wonderful news of the gospel of how much Jesus loves you and how he died on the cross for all your sins, past, present, and future. Adults, we ask that the kids with you abstain from the elements until they have been invited to the table by the elders. Now I need the attention of all the TBC kids. This is my favorite part of communion. This meal, kiddos, is a reminder that Jesus loves you. Not parts of you, all of you. It's a reminder that even when you mess up, even when you're disobedient to your parents, he still loves you. It's a reminder that, that he wants you to come to him, receive him as your Lord and Savior. And as your pastor, that's my prayer for you, that each and every one of you will one day come to saving faith and be able to partake of this meal with your parents or your grandparents or your guardians. Until then, just remember, this is the gospel being displayed before you. This is real. Christ really did die for you because he loves you. Please believe that. I'm telling you, if you leave here knowing that, if you leave this church knowing that Jesus is enough for you, you're going to have so much joy in your Christian life. You're not going to be struggling with legalism like I did. Man, you're going to enjoy your freedom if you leave here knowing that. Know this. You bring legalism upon yourself. Jesus doesn't. Please know that. That's your fault. Because he already did it. So before we have the elements, partake of the elements. I'd like to invite the elders and deacons who are assisting to come up front.